You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And we're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to hopefully talk a little bit, maybe some information that you didn't know about, maybe some information that you do know about but forgot, and here to uh, talk. So a couple of ways to get a hold of us. Let's get this out at the very beginning of the show. Call us toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, that's 877-385-8882, toll-free. doesn't cost you a dime, free advice, no reason not to use it. Also, another great way to join us is to go online to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, scroll down to a link to a Google Hangouts, and um, you can join us live here in Google Hangouts. Hopefully, your phone has your camera on, your computer has your camera on. And uh, we can talk right here as if I'm, I'm in the same exam room with you. So, uh, and that's the point of our show is to uh, answer your questions, have you ask them, clear things up a little bit, and uh, give you some things to think about that you probably weren't aware of. We're here, thanks to our sponsors. Um, number one is Brevecto, a 12-week protection and one great, tasty, chewable treat for fleas and ticks. It's, it's amazing. Number two, more than a cone. It's just Kong Veterinary Products, more than a cone events, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts, really cool events, big fundraising. So we want to thank them as well. And Save This Life Microchip, turning basically your basic microchip into a GPS. That's really cool. So anyway, I want to talk about a few things. As you know, I like to uh, go through some uh, animal smart brief that is uh, the publication of the American Veterinary Medical Association, just kind of news around the world, around the industry. And um, a couple of stories caught my eye. And then we're going to get into something that I really wasn't planning on talking about this early. But I know as I was walking outside yesterday at 95 degrees, this morning here in Los Angeles, here it is 9 o'clock. It's already close to 90. It's like 87 degrees already. So the hot weather in many places is either already upon us or it's going to be come probably within the next month or so. We are, let's see, today is the... 21st, we are one month, four weeks away, four weeks and three days away from summertime. So it does hit us quickly. And late May, June, we already start with the very hot weather. So we want to talk about summer safety tips for your pets as well. Kind of the do's and don'ts. I'm still very surprised at how many people don't get it. I'm out and about already here in Los Angeles where it's in the you know, 90s and I see cars parked, even with the windows cracked with the dog inside. I'm going, are you nuts? So we're going to talk about that. Anyway, just some basic news. And I like this one. In Texas, there's a bill before the Texas Senate that it's to, to strengthen animal cruelty penalties. Two, that if someone is convicted of, of animal cruelty, that's up to a third degree felony, which is anywhere from two to 10 years in prison. So hopefully that will stop things. Also, apparently... And I don't, I don't necessarily get it, but in Gaza, in the Strip, the new ban on walking dogs in public. And the problem is that a veterinarian in Gaza is concerned that because, oh, and the reason is to protect people and children. So 
I'm not sure that would fly here. I don't think we have those kinds of dogs roaming the streets. And these are dogs apparently on a leash. They don't even allow people walking their dogs on a leash. So what does that mean? That means is that according to this veterinarian, there's a problem. These people don't want to bring their dogs to the veterinarian. So his fear is, and justifiably so, that there are going to be a lot more sick animals that aren't going to go for help because of this ban. So I'm not sure about the logic about that one, but just wanted to let you know. Hurricane season. Now, again, nothing that I have to worry about here in California. However, as a native New Yorker, I do remember being uh, going through some hurricanes. So just as a word, a word of warning, preparation is the key. So make sure that you have pet supplies packed up, ready to go. Any medications that your pets might be on, ready to go. Food and water. And remember that many, many, if not most, shelters will not allow pets. So if there is hurricane predicted in your area, and that's uh, one good thing that you guys, it's a benefit you guys have about hurricanes. You see, here in California, we have earthquakes, but we don't get a warning. <laughs> I mean, you get no chance, no warning whatsoever, except, you know, the, the rumbling in your bed at five in the morning when it hits or whenever it does hit. So at least with a hurricane, the weather forecasters can give you a day or two a notice. So when you get that notice, if you get that notice, it might be a good idea if you have family that outside of this hurricane range, see if you can take your dogs there, take them to a veterinarian that also may be outside. But just remember, I remember we used to have our basement and we used to go down there, so we didn't have to uh, evacuate. But if one does or a few do, remember that the shelters, many of them don't allow pets. And then I thought this was cute because I have quite a few cats, six to be exact, and two or three of them are pretty big. But this one caught my eye. Omar. Omar is a three foot, 11 inch, that's almost four feet long, big orange long hair tabby in Melbourne, Australia, that right now is being considered to take the record away from a three foot, 10 and one half inch long cat that is from the United Kingdom. And Omar, it just might be the new Guinness Book of World Records longest cat. And uh, if you go online, you can check him out. Omar from Melbourne, Australia. He's really cute. He's a big long hair, orange tabby, domestic long hair. And um, anyway, that's a big cat. They didn't say how much he weighed. I'm sure it says somewhere on the website. I didn't see it, but it would be interesting to know how much Omar weighs in at because that's a big boy. Anyway, if you have any big cats, like really big, my biggest was 22 pounds. That's a pretty good size. He was, he's a good boy. 877-385-8882. Way to get a hold of me, 877-385-8882. You can also reach us here at Google Hangouts. So one of the things that this other story, and, and um, this is coming out of one of the veterinary schools, and it, uh, the question is, are all dogs good running partners? And, you know, if you're out there, if you're an athlete and you like to run, uh, you want to take the dog with you, which is a great bonding experience. But are all dogs meant to be running partners? And the, uh, this study clearly states, no, I could take my Labradors with me. Well, not my old one, not Grover, who's now 16. And to be exact today, 16 years and two months. And he is one amazing dog. But Tommy, my six-year-old, I can't keep him away from running and I can't keep him out of the pool. So what about him? He's a great running partner. But what about my Frenchies? My son's uh, English bulldog, Mo. The answer is no. These brachycephalic breeds, even if you run early in the morning, even if you just it's shorter distance, may not be a good idea. Once they start that panting, and I know you've heard it if you have these kinds of dogs, the Pugs, the Bostons, the Shih Tzus, the Losses, any of these pushed-in faces, uh, of course, the French Bulldogs, the English Bulldogs, they start breathing like, <laughs> but it's more like, <laughs> and I'm pretty good at that, huh? So 
These dogs, once that starts, the tissue in the back of their throat starts to swell even more, and it basically feeds itself to the point where these dogs can't breathe. So not good dogs for taking them on runs. To go on a walk, on a leash, you want to go to the park and then have them run at their own pace for a little bit, yeah, you can do that. I'm not saying you want them to be couch potatoes and get fat, but they are not good runners. Now, let's talk about even good runners and like my retrievers this time of year where it's starting to get really, really hot. And my problem there is we have to talk about it. It's something I see all the time. If you've ever had a dog, and I have treated dogs that have suffered from heat stroke, it is not a pretty sight. These are dogs that will literally collapse and their body temperature can go up as high as 107. That is incompatible with life. And these dogs get extremely, extremely sick when they are that hot, when their body temperatures go that high. So there are certain precautions one needs to take, even if you're not a runner. So let's talk about the basics. First of all, if you like to go out and exercise your dog, during this time of year, you do not want to take them outside anytime after probably 9 or 10 in the morning, again, depending on when you are. As I said, right here in LA, I'm looking out the window and it is hot. It wouldn't surprise me if it's now 88 degrees. And I even worry, you know, my, my big dogs spend a lot of time outside. We have a big dog run area and a yard and they can you know, run around, play. I have to, I actually have one of those gates, those pool gates, not necessarily for my grandkids, but it's for my dogs because if, if my yellow lab has his, his own druthers, he would be in that pool all day long. But if you're going to take your dogs, even for a good, it doesn't have to even be a run. It could be like a good walk or a good hike up in the mountains or, or through canyons. It's got to be done early in the morning. I'm talking five, six in the morning when it's light. Because a couple of things you have to remember is that the pavement gets really hot and pavement also retains heat for a long time. So my recommendations are walk them or run them early morning or late evening. Make sure you bring water with you. A, great, a couple of great ideas I have is number one, to protect them from the heat is take a, like a bandana and you can wet it down, soak it down, kind of roll it up and stick it in the freezer overnight. So in the morning before you run, take it out of the freezer and it's going to be pretty stiff. That's okay. And tie it around your dog's neck. So as it melts, it's good. First of all, it's going to be nice and cool. And you know what happens when things melt like that, that were inundated, soaked in water, is they're going to get really wet as they thaw. So, so you're going to have some protection right there. Secondly, make sure you bring plenty of water with you. There are a number of you know, great ways you can bring. You, there are collapsible water bowls with you. There are little attachments that you could put on a plastic water bowl that the dogs can drink from. There are a lot of options. Just bring your own water and, and, and let them drink out of your hand. Some dogs are trained to drink out of the bottle as you pour it. I mean, whatever you do, just make sure you have plenty of stops for water and plenty of shade. Now, one thing that's very difficult to tell when it comes to dogs is that we love them, they love us, and they want to follow you no matter what. So early on, as they're starting to tire and overheat, they're not going to show it. If you keep going, they're going to keep going. But unfortunately, they're going to keep going to a point where they're going to get heat exhaustion, and at this point, it might be too late. So you really need to learn two things. Number one, even if you don't need it, you look at your dog, you don't think he or she needs it, you still want to stop frequently. Take a break, give them some water in the shade, look, kind of rest up. Secondly, read their signs. You need to know what the normal dog panting is like and also an abnormal panting. When that tongue 
is not just, it's sort of like uncontrollably out of the mouth. And it seems longer than it normally does. It's very important to always know your dogs at normal. Because if you don't know your dogs at normal, then you won't know and be able to recognize abnormal. So if you look at a normal dog's panting when they're not exhausted, they're just panting, that tongue is still in control. All right. It's still firm. It's out. But when they are suffering from heat exhaustion, that tongue is, I mean, it's almost like you can pull it and there's no tension on it. And they are really struggling. All you have to do is feel the tongue with your hands. Their body temperature already is a little warmer. You should know what it feels like in a normal situation. Dogs chilling in the yard and you know, sitting on your lap. You should feel what their, how warm their tongue is. So you'll know that when you touch it, when it's really hot, it's going to be hot. 104 degrees, that's hot. So, I mean, if you guys ever have a jacuzzi, right, you're going to set it to about that temperature. You know that's pretty hot. So no different with our dogs. So understand that what their panting is like and whether it's normal panting or not panting. And uh, that's one thing you need to recognize well. Anyway, halfway through the show, time for a quick break. Don't go away. We're going to talk more about summertime protection for your pets, some suggestions to keep them cool. And uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from PetLifeRadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber uh, here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Um, love to hear from you guys, 877-385-8882. Um, all, you can join us right here live on Google Hangouts. Go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and scroll down to the Google Hangout link. Click on it and join us right now. Anyway, um, we're talking about summertime safety for pets, running, exercising your pets. When is the best time? We talked about early in the morning, uh, making sure plenty of stops, uh, water with you, read your dogs, make sure you understand your dogs. Another good time to exercise is late evening after the sun is down or on the way down. 
and it cools down a little bit. Now, I know a lot of parts of the country, especially humid areas, even though the sun is down and it could be 9 o'clock at night, it still could be 90 degrees. So, again, you really need to exercise caution and good judgment. One thing to keep in mind, and I mentioned it uh, when we talk about running partners, pavement, black asphalt, they retain heat for way longer than the sun goes down. So the sun may drop down at you know 8 o'clock, 8.30, and that pavement could be hot till 10 p.m. So um, a good idea is to look for some sort of foot or pad protection. Protectors is one. There are some you know, great safety pads that you can use. And the pet stores have all sorts of different types. But it's just a great way to make sure that your pet's pads are protection, protected. Also, you got to remember one thing. Now you know the, the weather's nice. You want to take advantage of it. You want to get out and start your routine again. You want to start shedding the excess winter pounds that you've added. And you're, probably your dogs have too. But you got to remember, you got to go slowly. You can't just go from nothing to running a marathon in one day. So you've got to work it up. And same thing with dogs. If they have not been very active or as active during the winter, then it's very important to build them up slowly. And the same goes for their pads. Right now, their pads are probably soft like a baby's behind. You need to get them stronger. They need to callus a little bit. The only way they're going to do that is by small amounts of exercise at first on the cement, on sidewalks, on pavement, on you know sand or dirt, and then, and then have it build up slowly. So that's really important. Other things. You have to watch about your dogs, even if you're not like exercise or running them. Other precautions, it would be dogs that spend time outdoors. It gets hot. And it's very important to make sure that if they're going to be outdoors, there needs to be an ample or an, an unlimited supply of water. So you can either get like a Lixit, which is a little attachment that goes on a spigot, and when they lick it, the water comes out. What I recommend doing is also a good idea is starting the day, taking a bowl of water, stick it in the freezer overnight, let it become like a block of ice. And that way, first of all, it's harder to tip over. And secondly, it melts slowly, and as it's melting, the water is there, and the water is always nice and cool and ideally keep the water in the shade. If you have a dog that likes to play with its water bowl, you have a rambunctious puppy, and for this puppy, the water bowl is just another toy. So you, in the morning, you fill it up, right? And you're, you're full with water, and the next thing you know, it's empty, not because the dog drank it, but because he tipped it over. Here's a great suggestion. Get yourself a bunt pan, like you're making a bunt cake, and a half-inch wooden dowel, maybe about a foot, foot and a half long. What you do is you fill the bun pan with water, you take the dowel, you tap it, hit it into some grassy area where it's somewhat stable, and now you place the bun pan with the holes in the center right over the wooden dowel. So now, in its essence, the bowl is anchored and the dog cannot tip it over. With that, you can stick some ice cubes in it, et cetera, et cetera, but at least it keeps that water supply safe from being tipped over during those hot days. And of course... If you are able and you have a nice air-conditioned home, let your dogs out, take them for that good walk, and let them chill inside. If it gets really, really hot, if those temperatures, if you're like in Vegas or Arizona and it's getting as hot as, you know, God, I, I, I landed once in Vegas to do a show there. And um, as we're landing, 10 o'clock p.m., and the pilot gets on. I thought he was joking. He goes, folks, and it's a nice, mild 110 degrees at 10 p.m. And he wasn't joking. It was 110 degrees in Vegas at 10 p.m. So that's a problem for your dogs. So is, if you can keep them inside, that too is okay. What about, what about shaving your dog down for the summer? We've talked about this. Fat not needed. Dogs' coats are like a thermos. In the winter, when their bodies, when the outside is cold, that long coat helps keep their body temperature somewhat stable. And in the summer, when it's hot outside, that coat has a function. 
And that function is to keep them cooler. It regulates their own body temperature. Put an iced beverage into a thermos, it stays cold. Put your hot coffee into the thermos, it stays hot. So that's the job of the coat. If the coat is not healthy, it's very added, then that's a different story. You need to see your veterinarian. Together you decide what's best. I've talked many times about this. You've heard many times. But what about the cars? You want to take your dogs with you and they're used to it. They go to work with you. You're doing an errand. You want to take your dog along with you. That could be fine. However, think about this. We already talked about a dog's temperature. Dog's temperature is up to 102 and a half, maybe even 103 if they get excited or a little overheated. If they get a lot overheated, okay, now their body temperature is 104, 105. So when you put your hand in front of their face and they're panting in front of you, you feel that 104, 105 degree temperature. So picture this. They are at this stage and they're inside in a parked covered garage, right, with the windows cracked. You don't want anybody taking your dog or stealing your car. You're going to open the windows a little bit. And that dog is there, and you think, well, look, it's in the shade. It's nice and relaxed in here, so we're going to leave him in here for 15, 20 minutes. Guess what? That car can overheat to over 120 degrees in 14 or 15 minutes. So it's never a good idea, not even in the shade, not even if you're going to crack the windows. It is never safe to leave your dogs in a parked car. So if you are literally parked in the shade and you're running in to drop off your dry cleaners where the dog is in your sight the whole time, yeah, look, I'm not one to go crazy. But where I see it and it it gets me nuts is I'm walking along, there's a dog in a car and there's not an owner or a person even around. And interestingly, interestingly, in some municipalities, if you feel that there is a dog in a car and that dog seems to be stressed or anxious, looks like it's panting excessively, the tongue is very red, dog looks weak, etc. guess what? It's okay to grab an, a rock and break that window. Be careful with, about the dog on the inside, so do it on, on a window opposite where he happens to be standing, or if he's in the back seat, break a window in the front, but whatever, it is actually okay to do. So, uh, because it is illegal, unlawful in most states to leave dogs alone in a parked car. So um, if you see it and you are concerned, act accordingly. If there's a business right in front or, you know, by the car, you can run in and say, hey, anybody have this, know anything about this dog in this car or whatever? I mean, obviously, we don't want to ruin someone else's property unnecessarily. If you think this is a panic situation and this pet is panicked, then you can do it. Next up, rattlesnakes, depending on where you live. This is a time of year that people love to hike, hike in mountains and canyons, and there are snakes. So a couple of things I recommend. Number one. There is a rattlesnake vaccine I recommend, not for everybody. It's only for those people, and you know who you are, that have been in places, and you know that rattlesnakes are a possibility. But don't necessarily rely on this rattlesnake vaccine to 100% protect your dog. So what I mean is that even though you have a vaccinated dog, and you should, make sure that you know exactly where the closest emergency facility is, You want to call them first and make sure that they stock the rattlesnake anti-venin. It is very expensive. It does not have a very long shelf life. So most veterinary hospitals that are not in an area are not going to buy this expensive anti-venin just to sit on a shelf until it goes bad and wasted money. But emergency facilities or large hospitals that are near places that rattlesnakes are a potential problem probably do stock it. So Make sure you should call those veterinary hospitals in advance to make sure that they do have rattlesnake anti-venin. Anyway, I know there's a lot to uh, cover here. 
when it comes to summertime, heat, heat prostration, exhaustion, etc. If your dog collapses, you need to bring him to that closest vet as soon as you can. Do not, do not pass go. Do not stop. Collect $200, whatever the monopoly figures are. Just go straight immediately to the uh, hospital. So anyway, if you have any questions, you can always get a hold of me here at Dr. Jeff DR Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com or Dr. Jeff DR Jeff at drjeff.com. Thanks to our sponsors again, Save the Life Microchip, Provecto, more than a cone from Kong Veterinary Products. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. If you barbecue, make sure to keep away from those bones, the fatty foods, and those corn cobs because uh, those can be deadly to your dogs. Wonderful week. We'll be here. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.